G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. The truth is really God vehemently hates violence. You only have to read all of the commandments, all of his laws. God hates violence. But sometimes, you know, they say real peace is an enforced, it's a controlled peace. Otherwise, sinful man just is mm. reprobate. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We've been learning about Mashiach for a long time now, several weeks in fact, and over the past few programs we've been learning about Mashiach ben David, the warrior Messiah, who's coming back at a point in the future to establish righteousness on earth. However, we may not really understand that when he comes back, it's not going to be with a shepherd's hook, but with a sword. And it kind of flies in the face of everything we've ever been taught. Mm. Well, for me it has, because we don't like to think that Jesus would ever sanction violence. Because his whole ministry was forgive, go the extra mile, turn the other mm. cheek. If somebody asks you for your shirt, give him your coat as well. Yeah. That was what he taught us. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers. That's what we know of Jesus, the suffering servant. Yes. But there is also the warrior King David or the ancestor of the likeness of him. And, you know, sometimes you kind of just have to brace it and go, well, okay, as we said last time, we have a responsibility to not force our preferences and likes into the scripture. We've got to conform to scripture. This is what it says. So I guess that raises a question then. Does God enjoy violence? I don't actually think so. I don't think there is anywhere in scripture that actually indicates that he enjoys violence. But I would say that there are numerous places in scripture where God has actually sanctioned it, commanded it, and where it's actually been necessary. Well, certainly one example of that is Noah's flood. I mean, we see this in Genesis 6 and the next few chapters. The earth, uh, the Bible says, was so wicked and filled with violence that God poured out judgment upon the whole earth. And I mean, it really was devastating. I mean, you, yeah. you look at even the fossil record. I mean, you see just the death that came as a result of the flood. Massive. God yeah. gives humans as much opportunity as possible to repent. I mean, he gave them 120 years with Noah. He preached for that length of time, asking them to repent of their wickedness before they got to the point of being beyond redemption. And then, and only then, does God actually bring this judgment. But that's certainly what he did in that situation with Noah's flood. There is another one as well that comes to mind, and that was when God informed Abraham that his descendants were going to go into Egypt and be mistreated for 400 years. But then after that, they would come into the promised land. But they couldn't go into the promised land until the sins of the Amorites was completed. If you read Genesis fifteen sixteen, it basically says, you're going to have this land. It's all for you. But the inhabitants at the moment, their sin is not full. It's mm. like they hadn't got to that point of being beyond redemption. Yeah. So your people are going to go into Egypt and they'll be enslaved there. And then when it's time for them to come out, that's also going to be the time when the Amorites' sin is going to be completely at the very end. Like there's nowhere else for them to go. And it's kind of like two birds, one stone. Mm. God would deliver his people, and in delivering his people, judgment would be brought upon the sins of all of the people living in Canaan. So that's another time when God commanded judgment and violence. Mm. The truth is really God vehemently hates violence. 
you only have to read all of the commandments, all of his laws. God hates violence. But sometimes, you know, they say real peace is an enforced, it's a controlled peace. Otherwise, sinful man just, he's mm. reprobate. And unless he's controlled, he goes out of control. So yeah. God says sometimes this kind of control, this discipline has to be brought to bear. And the other thing is that God can't tolerate sin. Sin is the most deadly, most dangerous, most devastating force in the entire universe. Everything sin touches, it corrupts and it destroys and it kills. And it's so serious that the only way to remedy it is with the blood of somebody innocent. And for centuries, that form of cancelling out sin or dealing with sin was through the Mosaic covenant of animal sacrifice in the temple. And can I be honest with you, the thought of all of those animals being sacrificed every single day is like sickening. The Mm. thought of all of those innocent animals and all that bloodshed because of me, Mm. it's just terrible. How was God going to sort that out? Well, he did it by actually going in place of all of the animals, putting himself in place of the people who should have been dying in the first place, and he did it himself. He took care of it once and for all. And uh, obviously, Romans 6.10 is a great uh, illustration of that. It says, for the death that he died, that's Jesus, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. I love that one. There's another one that's really awesome. It's from Hebrews seven twenty six and 27. It says, For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens, who doesn't need daily, like those high priests, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sin and then for the sins of the people, because... This he did once for all when he offered up himself. Mm, Yeah, that's right. God does not want or love violence. In fact, he took the violence on himself to deal with sin and all of its consequences once and for all. That was the suffering Messiah. So it's been 2,000 years since Jesus hung on the cross to make atonement for our sins and this message of his compassionate sacrifice on our behalf. And it's traveled around the globe. People from every tribe, nation and tongue has come to faith in him, but... How long will God's patience wait? I mean, it's been 2,000 years, and that tells me that God is unbelievably patient and long-suffering with us. So what is the state of the world today when Mashiach ben David, the warrior king, is going to have to come back and take physical control and deal with the sin and the rebellion and the corruption? I mean, look what he did in Noah's day. Mm. What's it going to be like when he comes back for yeah. us. Well, we've got to ask the question, is there legitimate evidence for the need of judgment upon the nations of the world? And that would be a, a big yes, I would say, for yep. what we look at around the world today. Has the world, for the most part, rejected the gospel of Christ? Well, I'd say yes. The gospel has been heard in almost every part of the mm. world, Robbo, and many millions of people have come to faith in Christ, but still the overwhelming majority have rejected it. Mm. Are there still wars of greed and malice going on mm. today? <laughs> Without a doubt. I would say, uh, Yeah. And is there evidence of violence? I mean, if there wasn't any violence, what would the news report on every day? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, the other question, speaking of violence, is are Christians persecuted and murdered around the world for believing in Jesus? Oh, absolutely. And that's been happening for 2,000 years. But I believe that there has been more Christian blood spilled in the last 150 years than in all the centuries before going going back to the first church. Mm. It's terrible. And, And you could just, there's a whole gamut of things you could ask. What about murder and hatred, slaughter of the unborn? Yeah. My goodness. Immorality, perversion, corruption in high places, the celebration of wickedness and sin, idolatry, witchcraft. I mean, you could just go on and on. And the answer to every question would have to be yes, big, big yes. Yeah. So when the sin of the world, which is celebrated and encouraged, finally reaches its fill, as it did 
before the Jews went in and took the promised land with all the Canaanites, Mashiach ben David is going to return and he is going to make war on his enemies. It's not going to be pretty. It's uncomfortable to think about, but that's what scripture says. And it's really interesting. Remember a couple of programs ago, we talked about when Jesus was in the synagogue in Nazareth and he started quoting from Isaiah 61, but he, he stopped and yeah, he paused. Right. Yep. It'd be really good to just focus on that for a sec. Yeah, well, let's read that. So this is the passage in Isaiah 61, verse 2 says, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And it goes on then to say, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they'll be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he'll be glorified. Then they'll rebuild the ancient ruins, they'll raise up the former devastations, and they'll repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. You know, it's really interesting, Robbo, when Jesus quoted that, he got to to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, and he stopped. Mm-hmm. Then he sat down and he said, it's all been fulfilled today. Yeah. But the actual passage goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, we've read a lot of scriptures that have talked about when Mashiach comes back, it'll be a day of vengeance and then full redemption. Mm -hmm. So when he came the first time, he only came to fulfill that particular portion. When he comes back, he'll be fulfilling the rest of it. And of course, the result is going to be all those wonderful things. The planting of the Lord as the people are going to be like oaks of righteousness and they're going to raise up the ancient ruins. He's going to restore all things. But it's through his vengeance in dealing with the sin of the nations once and for all. Mm. That's when Mashiach ben David is going to come and rule the nations. That's when we see this second persona of the Messiah come. Yes, Mashiach ben Yosef, the suffering servant, has come. Mashiach ben David is coming back. And he's coming back with a sword, not with the shepherd's crook, as you mentioned once before. So is he coming? Yes, he is. When is he coming? Don't know. But sometimes I look at the world and I think it can't be much Mm. longer. Ready or not, he's going to be coming coming. real soon. Amen. Well, that wraps up this series on Mashiach. It's been almost 10 weeks of programming, but so much for us to learn. And I encourage you to go back and look through the notes. You can see them online at vision.org.au forward slash foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.